0: Thank you.
1: Hello everyone, dear members of the BungaCast Reading Club. This is the final reading club of 2022. Um, As you'll notice a little bit late, um, we're in early January. but uh, we're going to proceed and try to kind of wrap up this 2022 reading club um, on the last theme on neo-feudalism by talking specifically about class. Anyway, I'll hand over to George uh, in just a second to talk about that. But before we do that, we have to just address a couple of comments that we received on the last one, which was on uh, artificial intelligence. So let me just go through a couple of these. JPAF comments on a Something a little bit more specific, which was the police robots in San Francisco, um, usefully points out that these aren't robots, um, that they have, no, or rather that they're robots, but they have nothing to do with uh, AI because they're remote controlled. These robots are typically used to defuse bombs or survey an area that officers are otherwise unwilling or unable to reach, basically on the ground drones. They're not sentient androids endowed with decision-making powers over life and limb. Nevertheless, should San Francisco allow such remote-controlled robots to employ deadly force, this would obviously allow the police even greater scope to kill potentially innocent and certainly untried individuals, not to mention collateral damage to the lives and property of others. Yeah, scary enough um, without them necessarily being AI um, killer bots. Um two uh quick questions um and a, a couple of other ones which uh seem pretty um, happy with the episode and, and found it interesting Blake says that he did an AI related Master's program a few years back and the technical discussions here seems to be pretty much on the mark very glad you, you guys didn't fall for any of the obvious Grifts within the field like superintelligence. autonomous vehicles are basically still a pipe dream as well in general AI is very good at problems where the solution space is narrowly defined like optimization problems in engineering or image classification. Recently, some huge steps have been made in natural language generation and AI art. Yeah, that's something which I think everybody has um, witnessed and and probably why people get quite excited about AI because you see all this kind of image generation and AI art and think, well, that must mean that the field is progressing rapidly and that AI will do all this sorts of stuff Um, but it seems that at least you guys who, um, work in the area or have studied a little bit in the area say that, you know, that isn't necessarily, um, that doesn't really say that much about the field as a whole, that these are just kind of the most advanced bits. Phil.
0: Yeah. I think the, um, it's also, I mean, it always feeds into questions of how you understand human capacity, I guess. Right. So, you know, the kind of the ability of AI to generate like a Vermeer or a Rembrandt is, you know, uncanny. But it's not it's not genuine creativity. Um, You know, it's not genuine human creativity or, you know, non-human creativity, because there's no conscious kind of, you know, there's no actual conscious apprehension. Um, It is just a a very um, clever copy. Anyway, but what I'm I suppose what I'm getting at is. That it looks very impressive when you see something like the, um, you know, the kind of the AI generated art or the chat GPT kind of ability to splurge out a mediocre, you know, some kind of mediocre statement of banal, you know, viewpoints and homilies. So I think that constantly leads people to overestimate what it's capable of, um, but also reflects on how limited our expectations are generally. Um, both in terms of individual creativity and also in terms of you know um, general human capacity.
1: Yeah, no, that's a that's a that's a fair point. Um, you know, certainly as regards art. Um, one last question: Eli says that uh, Aaron Bastani was deeply worryingly wrong. Now he wasn't in the reading, but this is just a reference to his um, enthusiasm for AI and automation, or at least. Um, what used to be his enthusiasm for it. You can't just add computers to Goss Plan and get a workable system. You could add better computers and more political time to Allende's Cybersyn and get a better Cybersyn, but that's thanks to the difference between Cybersyn and Goss Plan. Um, so I mean, get what Eli is getting at here is that simply adding better computers um, to um, a planned economy doesn't necessarily um, resolve the problems that planned economies have had. So there's still a radical gap between what a controls engineer would recognize as a viable way to steer a system towards fulfilling a plan, taking into account the trade-offs that arise in the course of things, and a 20th century vertically integrated firm with command economies being the extreme case of, quote unquote, one big firm. So basically, computers remain failures at providing just at water solutions to questions of political economy, both from the political angle and the strictly economic angle. Um, and I think that I think that's probably right, because this gets to the, the nub of something that we've discussed possibly in that episode and have discussed in the past with regard to planning, indeed in in previous reading clubs in the past years, that. Um, the questions and difficulties of planning and trying to find a, you know, trying to navigate towards some model of planning that would work. It's not just a matter of saying, hey, um, now we've got these really powerful computers that they didn't have in the 1920s and 30s, and that will resolve uh, the problems that they are political and that they're economic ones, not just ones of uh, limited comput- computational power that there was in the past. Hey there, you've reached the end of a short excerpt from an episode that's been released only to our patrons. If you'd like to join us and gain access to around two Patreon-exclusive episodes a month, please go to patreon.com slash We'd love to have you.